Hello and welcome to Kicking the Balls, the weekly podcast where we talk about all the week's football. I'm Glenn Cruiser and with me are Kieran Robb. Hello. Good afternoon. Okay, so last week's fixtures, we look at uh, Tottenham and Huddersfield. I think we talked about possibly that could have been maybe the game where Huddersfield were given the uh, welcome to the Premier League and uh, Tottenham really took advantage of that one. Harry Kane again, completely on fire. Yeah, I thought the defence were per for the first two goals. Uh, obviously, the third goal was brilliant for Kane. He really is on fire at the minute. I know that in September, he scored 13 goals. That's uh, the most that Ronaldo or Messi have ever scored either, so that was really good for Harry Kane. Yeah, the game the game was finished by about, what, 20, 23, 24 minutes? Um, there was no way Huddersfield were coming back from, from that against the Tottenham team. No way at all. Um, I think if if Tottenham can just start doing that at home, yeah, then they're you know they're going to be an absolute force. Well, we talked about it a bit there. The home form being not as good as the away form. That's never ideal. It's really hard to build. Whenever time you go back home, it's hard to to carry on from where you left off away. But I mean, Tottenham now they're third in the table, five off the pace. It's it's not a bad position to be in at all for them. Um, they're only going to get better at home. You'd imagine with a bit more practice, getting more accustomed to it. So. For them, that's, that's a really strong position to be in. Huddersfield, I don't think, will take too much disheart from that. You think, I mean, they've still done quite well. It's not a good result at all to be taking it home, but, I mean, it's not been a bad start from them. You can't feel any pressure for them right now. No, it hasn't, but it has been quite a while since they've won now, and I think that will be a worry. Like Their early season form has slipped a bit, and it'll help when they get their next win. Hopefully, they won't have to wait too long for that. Yeah, I think they were going well until the last international break. Yeah. And they haven't been so good up until this one. Maybe it's just what they need. Um, but just going back to Harry Kane there for a second. That, um, for, you know, he scored a lot of goals and stuff, but I've never seen someone hit the goal frame as much as him. Like, he seems yeah, to hit the post or the crossbar more, yeah. every game. And he had that one that went just over as well, that dipping effort yeah. would have been his hat-trick. And I would be absolutely infuriated if I was on a hat-trick as many times as he has been and been subbed. yeah. That, that I mean, would annoy the life out of you'd me. You'd think when you look at the amount of goals, like mm-hmm. say Lukaku's had or later on games, and later on games often where you get the most goals because yeah, of tired defences. Yeah. But they can't afford to lose him to injury. They oh, of course. No, they're they're, like, they're going to be so yeah. wary of that with him yeah. being such a good goal outlet. And maybe that is one area if they did lose Harry Kane, they wouldn't be able to no, replace it so well. No, obviously if 4-0 up in the game or 3-0 up as well, they were when they took Kane off and then Kane got injured, the people would be saying, why was well, he still on yeah. the pitch? Yeah. But, uh, okay, so I mean... Harry Kane, we've talked about, he's in really good form. Uh, I believe he's going to be captaining in tonight. Yeah, I read that. that mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's uh, quite a big responsibility, but I mean... Well, he's captained them yeah. before. I, th- I think it's a good decision. I think he's... Mm-hmm. he's England's probably... He's probably their best player at the minute. He's certainly the most nailed-on starter. So I think it makes sense to have him mm-hmm. captaining the team. Um, Southgate has said he hasn't decided who will be the captain when it, when it goes to the tournament. That's going to wait until later. Is that maybe something he could have decided a bit earlier, maybe even very soon after coming into the job? Maybe, but I don't think it's really the most important thing. Like, at the end of the day, it's a team game, and obviously you want to have an inspirational leader, but I don't think who's the captain is ultimately going to decide really that much in terms of how well or otherwise England do. Okay, so looking at uh, Bournemouth and Leicester. Uh, Bournemouth are still slowly getting their season up and running. It's uh, not been an easy start for them. Uh, we talked about this, two sides have actually been quite unlucky maybe so far. I mean, that's two sides who haven't played that badly a lot of the time, but just haven't been getting the results. 
you imagine Bournemouth, even though they're at home, probably more happy with that than Leicester would be? Well, I don't know about that because they, they had the better of the game. Um, they certainly had a penalty, well, they penalty turned down, um, fairly clear handball in the box. And it was quite early on. I mean, you don't know how, how the game's going to pan out after that. But um, I, I would think Bournemouth would be a little bit aggrieved at that, of the whole game. Because aside from uh, Okazaki having a chance towards the end, or in the second half sometime, uh, Bournemouth pretty much had the best of that. I think both teams will have looked at that and thought it was a game where they could maybe take three points and the fact that neither of them did. But none of us would have seen a nil-nil coming there. That's two teams that have had weaknesses in defence this season. And I thought I think I had it down to be a two-all, but certainly no one would have seen a nil-nil coming. There's some pretty wasteful finishing as well. Uh, And I think both sides will be disappointed with the the result, really, although probably Bournemouth a little more so, given that, as Rob said, they did have the better Mm -hmm. of the games. Having said that, though, they might both be quite pleased to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, true. I think Bournemouth in particular, I mean, we'll look at uh, their defensive frailties and look at the attack power that Leicester have going forward. And I think maybe taking a clean sheet from that is not the worst thing in the world, even though it is possibly two points dropped at home. Yeah, and Vardy did play, which was, Mm -hmm. we talked about it last week, he wasn't in the England squad uh, because he's supposedly not fit enough, but he was fit enough to play for Leicester last week. So, Okay, and uh, looking to West Brom and Watford, um, a few more goals maybe than we thought might have been in that game at the end of 2 all. Uh, I guess it's not a bad result, particularly for either side. Both sides maybe might have thought they had a chance to win it, probably West Brom being at home more so. But I think uh, West Brom being 2-0 up will think it's yeah. a very bad result for yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they'll be glad of this international break because they haven't had the best of it since the last one. They fell away a little bit. They have, yeah. After a good start the season, they really... Uh, well, it's, not it's not something you expect to see from a Tony Pula side. To no, see two goals when you're already two in the front. Obviously, the the equaliser was very late on, but it was, again, a very un-Tony Pulis goal to concede, sort of yeah. set defensive errors from a set piece. The last time we saw something like this, they did come back and responded well after uh, being beaten by Brighton and conceding three. So I would expect after the international break, we will see a response from them. Uh, I thought it was uh, good to see Rondon getting his first goal of the season. He hasn't really ever been prolific enough for them but it was a really top top goal like he yeah. held up the defender really yeah, well it was, it was really good well, the, angle, so. back at the very start of the season we did talk about I mean Rondon when he plays can actually show flashes of skill that are really really impressive but it's about keeping that consistency and there's too many periods where he isn't he doesn't doing score that. enough for a striker no. but I mean West Brom are 10th on the table they're only 4 points off the top 4 overall I mean it can't be a bad start even it's dipped a little bit recently but Overall, it's been quite a, a successful start of the campaign. Yeah, I suppose overall it balances out to be sort of where there are thereabouts where you'd expect West Brom to be probably a little better than maybe expect to be. But I mean, Watford even better again. I mean, Watford, oh, yeah, Watford only for the great a point behind with... Chelsea right now. Um, yeah. uh, only a point behind Arsenal as well. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about uh, Marco Silva as well. Um, mm-hmm. I know Michael Owen's very big on him. Michael Owen reckons he's going to be, you know, well, into the top four sort of category. So. If, if you looked at the, the mess he inherited not, last not Watford, year... Not Watford, sorry, him managing mm-hmm. in the top if, four. If you look at what he inherited last year with Hull, and he still gave it a pretty good goal. Yeah. I mean, they only had 14 yeah. fifth players and no manager at the start of last season. And this still, until the last few weeks, where, you yeah, know... It was just that result against Sunderland. They were mm-hmm. really relegated, did it for them. But, uh, but he gave it a very good goal for what he was given. Okay, uh, West Ham and Swansea... We we talked about maybe this being a really important game for Billich's career at West Ham. Need to get the win. It wasn't easy. It was only a one nil at home, but three points to three points, and then he goes into the international break a bit more 
secure on his job maybe than he was before. Where are they sitting in the league now? West Ham. West Ham. West Ham. Fifteenth. Yeah. Okay. Seven points from seven games. Two clear of relegation zone. Not great at all, but it was a tough game from him. And yeah. on the Swansea side of it, they they must be absolutely gutted because that's twice in two weeks now mm-hmm. that they've given a game away in in injury time. Um, and I know there was a. Um, like Paul Clement must be very, very upset with that. But for the West Ham sides, yeah, um, there was a lot of questions getting asked when uh, he brought Hernandez off or Chicharito. Um, and you know, yeah, you can under- boot that decision. Yeah, you can understand that. You know, he's he's you expect him to be the guy that's going to get you the goals, but ultimately that change worked, and and they got the results. So maybe they'll be a bit happier. Maybe the, maybe there will be a bit less pressure on him now. Okay, uh, for Swansea, I mean, it's been a pretty dire run they've been on. Uh, they are third from bottom, five points from seven games. Not good. Paul Clement's bound to be worried at this stage. Is it those kind of frailties, switching off late in games when we saw against uh, Man United when, when that second goal went in, they fell to pieces? Is that maybe shows that uh, some of those players aren't cut out to play in the Premier League right now? Well, there's that, but for me, the main concern is still lack of attacking threat and Bonnie's injured now as well yep. not sure for how long that is but he's a player he needs to get a run of games to get if he's going to get any of his old form back so that's not going to help uh, without Bonnie you'd really obviously know they've got obviously uh, Jordan Ayew they've got Tammy Abraham but really they've been struggling in front of goal this season they haven't been creating many opportunities and for me that's the real worry for Swans you think they're, they look a long long way short in that department is the squad good enough overall? I mean, is that the squad that just isn't good enough to play in the Premier League right now? It's certainly a squad that's not good enough to be any better than in trouble. Whether they go down, I'm not sure. At this stage, I think you'd look at it and say very, very possibly. It's very difficult to know who's going to go down because Palace and Bournemouth at the start of the season weren't sites you'd have seen being in this position where they are. Likes I, of, I think uh, Swansea are a side that you'd, yeah, you'd have Swansea seen. Yeah, Swansea are. Then obviously the likes of Brighton, uh, Huddersfield, Burnley or further up the table. Teams you would probably have expected to be down there and mm-hmm. they're not really in any danger at the minute. Although obviously it's still early days. It could turn any of those sides still could go down. But uh, no, I think it is it is worrying for Swansea. Okay. I, I uh, think that's... Sorry, I think that that lack of creativity really highlights the the defence switching off, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if they're not scoring goals, which, yeah. I mean, they're not even creating many chances, yeah, really. Like, you need to take what you're given if, you're, if the defence yeah. is that leaky, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but look at them against Tottenham. They were, they were superb against Tottenham. Held, yeah. You know, well, the defence is not not that bad. It's just they create so little that if they do concede, that's the game lost. Yeah. And yeah. it only takes, because they often tend to have very little possession as well, the defence is getting battered for mm. 90 minutes. Yeah. They're having the resilient. best defence isn't going to hold out for 90 minutes co- constantly because they've got no real counter-attacking threat either. So. No. Okay, looking to Stoke at home to Southampton. I mean, uh, one of the, the players for years now in the Premier League, it's been quite liked, I think, for pretty much every fan. It's been Peter Crouch, and he's got himself back in the, the news again. He got a very important goal for them. Uh, surprisingly, there's actually quite a lot of outpouring support for him to be recalled for England just because... Uh, the experience he brings and well he won't no, be recalled for but, um, it's good to see him back among the goals again yeah it is like he's a sort of player that he's he's never relied on his pace no. 
So a player like that can obviously can go on on a top level longer than someone who is relying Almost on Almost remarkable in the air as well, being the, the size that he is. And he's not a bad header for ball. His heading technique's actually pretty good. Yeah, and he's not a bad footballer in fairness, and his instincts are good. So all the stuff that made him a good player 10 years ago is really, it's still there. He so feel he could go on for a bit longer if he wants to, and he's uh, got over 100 goals in the Premier League. Well, there's no so. good reason why not, really. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's definitely a very useful option for Stoke to have, mm-hmm. to have that plan B that really... It's really there's no real way to defend against it. So, yeah, I think he's resigned to to knowing that that's his role as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't think he's he's that bothered with that. I think it, well, I he accepts that, and that, that's. There's not many players his age, you know, getting regular Premier League football. football so, so if he has yeah. to do it from the bench, yeah, be a super sub, then mm-hmm. he does it well. So I think that's yeah, that's, that's as you say, here, he's, he's a good option. Yeah, um, and he proved to be the right option mm-hmm. at the weekend there. One thing from the game that I noticed was, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Van Dyke and stuff, um, but he gave away the penalty. That and that was that was terrible. I mean, he just stuck his hand out and and grabbed him. I mean, it, it was the most blatant, ridiculous challenge from you know someone that's supposed to be a revered centre back. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah, well, the rest of his game wasn't too bad though. But uh, but you don't remember yeah, that I mean, when you do something so stupid. Although there's more talk, obviously, as well that he's going to go. In January, yep. yeah. which was we'll see about that. But I would have the same criticisms of Southampton, albeit on a smaller scale, than I would have Swansea in it. There, there's not a goal threat on no, that side. Not at all. I mean, no. Gabby Adini hasn't fired this season. You'd expect more from Shane Long as well. Yeah, but Long's not prolific. I mean, he's no, no, never no. been a 20-goal season striker. It's not his game. Like, you get a lot of running out of him, like mm-hmm. he sometimes does tend to score big Quite goals. Quite like a Dirk Kuyt's type player, Shane Long. Well, a bit like that, yeah. yeah. Maybe a bit more pace than Dirk Kuyt, but not unlike, I suppose, in many ways. Play wide at times. Uh, uh, I think they need to get Charlie Austin fitting back into the side. He's their most natural goal scorer. There aren't a lot of goals from midfield we've talked about before. So I think that's going to be the worry for Southampton is that turning draws into wins is difficult when you don't have natural goal scorers in the team. Uh, for Southampton, I mean, it's uh, not been a particularly good start for them. Uh, we still talk about the lack of goals, they haven't scored many. Been quite a few games where, you know, when when they have had even a bit, a bit more of the ball in their opposition, haven't really looked like doing much of it. And Stoke again took their chances better than Southampton did. So, for Southampton, where where does the manager stand? This I mean, well, Claude Poole was sacked for coming eighth. Southampton are now twelfth, won one of their last five games. Like it's, it's, it's not. It's not been a good start of the season for them, no. and they haven't had that many really difficult games. So, I think that I think really it's too early to be asking questions of any manager. I know obviously we've already had uh, the Boer sacked, mm-hmm. but I think it's he has to be one of the that group who questions will be asked of sooner rather than later because it's not been a good start to the season. Could it be a sort of situation with something being victims of their own success. Like I mean, with very little money spent for quite a while, they were. Just bringing through player after player that people weren't really that familiar with and, and turned out really good performances out of them and often selling them on to Liverpool for very big profits. And they've been, I think know, that's the problem though. Mm-hmm. Any any time they have, you know, a good player that they've developed, he, he's only there a couple of years yeah. and then they sell him on. And, and now and they've you hit, look hit at the managers it. as well; yeah. they they don't last very long. I, I think it's that's it's the revolving door kind of policy that they have there that's 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 going to be their problem. And have they hit a wall with a sort of maybe? sold a few too many and can't replace them all fast enough well maybe but this summer they didn't actually lose that many they lost they lost Cuco Martina 
But is, is yeah, the build-up, you know, after seasons that happen? I don't think it did get that uh, so much as a build. Like, well, last year, they still finished eighth, as I said. Mm. It's, it's largely the same squad. They sh- they should be doing better, you'd think. Yeah, they have done. They did really well to get themselves into a position where they were able to finish in positions like eighth, and they did even better seasons earlier than that. But uh, it's the fact that we know that that squad's capable of that, it means the disappointment when they are performing the way they are at the minute. Great finish from Yoshida, though. For the equaliser, mm-hmm. you're talking a centre back or left yeah. back, wherever he was playing. That was a great finish from him. Um, maybe they should just stick him up front for a while, see what they get, because he can't do any worse than the others. Uh, but down that sort of area of the table, 12th, 13th, that's where they both sit respectively. Uh, even though they're actually on the same points, not much to call on the goal difference either. There seems to be a much better mood about Stoke. I don't think there's the same apprehension for the season that there is me for Southampton right now. Yeah, well, you look at the fixtures that Stoke have had, the fact that they managed to get those results against Arsenal United, that's bound to generate optimism. So. Okay, so for uh, so I just go back to Stoke there, because um, obviously Barahino missed the yeah, penalty, and he's 30, really, really struggling, isn't 30 he? 30 games or something, he's gone without scoring, and he's a striker. Or uh, yeah, that's... And, and the good thing, he was considered to be sort of, a couple of years ago, like a Harry Kane, like yeah. one of this mm. coming generation of strikers, and really... He has not. I think his attitude trick I'd be questioned. Like I mean, yeah, he's, the the uh, Tottenham were looking to sign him when yeah. he was at West Brom, and that fell through. And then he went on a big tirade mm-hmm. about never playing for him again. And you know, he, it's he, uh, not very professional anyway. No, not at all. And and you know, in a similar situation, you maybe look at people like Ross Barkley, who's mm-hmm. kind of you know Got pro- probably surely, probably yeah. never going to fulfil his potential because mm-hmm. of his attitude. And I think Berahino's looking like that as well. I mean, twelve million they paid Stoke paid yeah. for him there, and but they they was being talked about as twenty five million player yeah. a year earlier. Yeah. So and his attitude cost him that. Got to the point where West Brom wanted whatever they could get for him. So okay, so moving on to Uniteds. Um, after the run of games that uh, Crystal Palace had had, I think this is one they really could have done without. United obviously in very very good form. At home, Crystal Palace most certainly not on good form in the way. No strikers either. No, so uh, no, it couldn't have gone much worse for no. Palace. What Palace needed no. was to see out the f- uh, well as long as possible, but without conceding. Three minutes. And then three, three minutes, minutes yeah. in, they conceded, and that yeah. was it. There was no way they were ever going to get anything back, from that no. game when they were. They couldn't come from a goal down because it was going to leave them too open defensively. They didn't have enough up front. They needed to cling on and snatch a goal if they were going to take something. Whereas. You can't cling on when you're already behind. Well, so I, th- I think every time a goal went in, Roy Hodgson just sank further and further behind the little wall there. Well, he's probably wondering what has he done. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he might have, he, he might have taken the job because he's from around there. Mm. I think he's uh, Croydon. I think he's from, so he, he might have quite a bit of an affinity for Crystal Palace. Well, that's what he said I don't think the results so far will have like we knew Palace were in trouble already because of their results on not all there but some performances were okay obviously the Burnley one but, uh, and away to the two Manchester clubs no one was expecting anything else really so looking I, back to that Southampton game now does that make that look all the more important now that was really an opportunity they missed to, to take something well that was the opportunity because yeah. Southampton are the great side they were at home and with the run they had coming uh, that was a really important one to take if they could even have taken a point they would have given them something to build off but well next game home to Chelsea see and well, Venteke's out for what another month. 
something like that. Morata's mm-hmm. out as well, though, for that. But uh, I mean, yeah. we're really going to see the, the depths of um, his man management, his motivational skills test. If he's going to have to try and motivate his side here, no points to make games. If that, if that does, no, which already which, pretty bad, no which points fear from seven. It, yeah, like, so. yeah I, I don't think no points from eight makes any difference now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it must be so difficult to to get them players mm-hmm. motivated. I mean, maybe if... The, I know if he was really cynical, you could say, well, the, the money should be motivating them enough. Like but, it, so, but, but it doesn't, does it? No, um, it. At that level, you know, even a bit of disheart can really put a dent in it. But yeah. no, it's uh, not looking like a much way back. Who do, they, who do they have after Chelsea? I think it would be Newcastle, is it Newcastle? Well, you see, that even that's not... That's not the easiest At the start anyway. of the season, you'd have thought maybe, you know, yeah, Palace would be all right with that, but... You know, now. Newcastle and Jimmy's Park, yeah. Oh, that'd be tough. No, yeah, that'd I mean, that's, that's not going to be an easy game either. No. But, um, no, you you fear even at this stage, this is as bad a run to the start of a season that I, I can remember at all. Is, do, do you have uh, I, I think a, it's, any spring to mind of worse Premier League era? From, from, well, not in the Premier League era. No, no. It's, it's the worst so far. I think the worst one that I heard of was the one Gary Lineker talked about on Match of the Day, which he was involved in. I think, was it... Uh, Leicester went Leicester, eight, eight yeah. games, uh, and that was. Uh, I did see a statistic uh, of the worst starts league campaigns ever because Palace and I surpassed that. In fact, they'd already surpassed the Leicester one because Leicester had some nil nil draws in yeah, there. Whereas yeah. Palace uh, consecutive defeats yeah, in every one. I think eight consecutive defeats is, or I think it's eight is the most that anyone has ever had to start a season. Okay. I think that was. So. It, I think it might have actually been a Man United team, but it was like way, way yeah, back yeah. in sort of like about 1900 or something like that. So, so if they lose to Chelsea and then lose to Newcastle, they, they take that record ever. Worst yeah. ever. <laughs> and that, that's something he can and take They may away. already be on goal difference in terms of the goals they've conceded. Could I'm be. not sure. Well, I mean, they what, nine in the last two games, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, then, so title rivals. Um, Man City, obviously, a game probably a bit more difficult on their hands. Uh, but I mean, what what a result to go to Stamford Bridge and take yeah, not, that one. none like, of us saw that coming. No, I mean with with no Aguero and uh, no. no Mendy, I think that was going to be such a difficult game for them to go. And I mean, if they'd taken a point from that, it's uh, yeah, probably that was a good not result. too bad yeah. at all. They kind of bossed the game out. Yeah, really. by far the better side. Yeah, uh, I th- I wonder maybe whether the extra day of recovery and obviously City had a fairly comfortable be, yeah. comfortable home win, uh, whereas Chelsea had a difficult away match. And obviously a day later, whether that maybe influenced the game, Chelsea just maybe weren't as as sharp as City were. But you can't fault the City performance. They were really they were superb against the champions, one of the best teams in the league. Chelsea may be a little disappointing. We'd have expected to see them a bit more from them. But the is City that were, like the big statement maybe that uh, everyone was waiting for from Pep Guardiola? Like I mean, last season we saw as well against certain sides, maybe were a bit defensively weak. He could go and knock them down at the start of the season, but some of the bigger challenges he, he wasn't up to. I mean, that, that didn't look like anything he couldn't handle. Well, you can't say anything really negative when you go to the champions and beat yeah. them. So it's... I can, is I he don't in the driver's seat now? What, what's that? Is he in the driver's seat now for the league? Is that, I mean, well, he's still only level in points with United, mm-hmm. but I think the momentum is maybe a bit more with City than with United at the minute. I, I'm still reluctant to say Guardiola has proven that actually he is a oh, genius after all. Early, I mean, I like, you'd like to think a, a lot of people with the amount of money he was given to throw at it and the squad he had to start course. with could be in the position he's in now. But If he has got English football crack, though, you think, I mean, that's... That, that, I mean, he's clearly a very good manager. 
and he has proven that on, on the continent, I mean, albeit with probably less competition to deal with, but if he's come to England finally got his head around the, the English game and that level of competition. Well, when you spent £200 million on full-backs... Well, like of course, but... <laughs> I, I think what you have to look at, though, is City have had tougher games. Yeah. They've had Liverpool on the way to Chelsea. Um, United haven't had that sort of challenge. I mean, yeah, United's biggest really. challenge so far was away at Southampton. Leicester, yeah. maybe, actually? Yeah, yeah, Leicester were tough. But yeah, yeah. That's, that sort of colour. They've had mid-table teams mm-hmm. have been yeah. there. They haven't played a top four rival or t- or title rivals. The, the next game's Liverpool. It I is, believe, yeah. 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 At Anfield, isn't that? I need to check actually. Well, it we'll is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that'll be a big one. And Liverpool's form has been awful lately. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, well, that's it. I mean, all the last season, how much we see that Liverpool so much turned up for the big games and then didn't for the smaller games. I mean, yeah, there, there well, were so many the games. The question like will be: Last season, Mourinho both home and away. Very against, negative yeah. and defensive against it. Will he do the same thing this season or will he go for the win this time? Almost from a Liverpool point of view, I kind of hope he does come out because Liverpool aren't good at breaking down the sides that do put everything back. So even from my own perspective, as you know, as a Liverpool fan, I think Liverpool actually have a better chance if he did come out and play a bit more, leave a bit more space and then you know could get those wingers in behind. But that's just what I, I just want to see. Anyway. I'm, I'm sure a lot of neutrals would agree you want to see a better game than... I mean, some of the, uh, yeah, two pretty awful season. games last season. Just um, going back to Chelsea, there did did either of you find it a bit strange when Morata went off that he didn't bring Batshuayi on? Yeah, it was. He moved Hazard in to be the main striker. Yeah. Although he did that often la- last season when Diego Costa was injured, Hazard played as sort of a false nine. I'm not sure how much he trusts Batshuayi. Obviously, well, Batshuayi didn't play an awful lot last year. No, no, he didn't. He, he, he hasn't, hasn't played an awful lot really this season. Yeah, he scored the winner obviously in midweek yeah, course, against yeah. Atletico, but he has been largely a peripheral figure since his arrival. So. He got the goal to win it last year, so he thought maybe could have bummed himself some extra points there, but uh, doesn't look like he's really established himself as being part no, of the he's plan. Pretty no. high up in conditions. Uh, just as a Man City, you're obviously going to be very worried about the loss of Aguero, although maybe not so much after that result. Uh, Chelsea got to be fearful if, if anything happens to Murata, how, how good he's been so far. Very much so, and they're yeah. talking between four and eight weeks, I think they're talking. Uh, that's, that's quite a long while to go without your, your main striker. It is, yeah. What's what's the injury? Is it hamstring, hamstring or groin think, or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a big blow to them. Uh, last season, obviously, they had to cope without cost for times, mm-hmm. and they did all right with Hazard at the false nine, so... I think against the majority of teams, like we said, against the majority of teams, City without Aguero will be able to get over the line. Obviously, we were able to do it against Chelsea there, so yeah. very impressive. I think against the majority of teams, Chelsea will probably get over the line as well without Morata, but he has been so good for them since he's arrived. It'll be a, a big disappointment to them. So. Okay, so uh, Sunday's games, um, Arsenal and Brighton. I mean, this is part of the, the Fenger resurgence we talk about. Every time they take a real beat and they seem to come back really well, and you sort of feel if, um, I think it is stop having to get beaten to go and do that. If they could produce that form off their own backs rather than as a statement to anybody else. But um, it, it seems it takes that sometimes. Um, good results. Uh, yeah, they were fairly comfortable, yeah, weren't they? Well, yeah, that's they were. three wins in a, mm-hmm. in a week for them, which, you know, that, that's that's always good. It was a bit like the West Brom game. and Brighton carried some threat in the first half, particularly after the Arsenal goal. But in the second half, it sort of... It, They're seen off pretty well. Like. Yeah, Arsenal were able just to, to see it out. Uh, they've got a lot better at that recently uh, certainly maybe a year or two ago you never would have felt confident backing Arsenal against anybody but now against the weaker opposition 
really. It's rare for them to slip up. They obviously have their their moments like in the bigger games, like against Liverpool and the like, but against the weaker opposition, they tend to get the job done, which is very still very important. Like United under Ferguson won so many leagues by just being 100% efficiency essentially against all but the top teams. And then they could it put themselves a bit of breathing space. They could afford to drop the odd point against an Arsenal or a Liverpool. I mean, Arsenal, um, for all, all the criticism they came under with that uh, obviously very poor result against Liverpool, uh, they're only one point behind Tottenham, uh, who are in third. They're level with Chelsea, who are in fourth. I mean, of course, that was a very poor performance and all too typical of when they play the big sides, but should Arsenal really be that worried? It hasn't been, as a season in general so far, not all that bad. I think they're, they're thereabouts where they'd expect to be. They're fifth but they're joint on points I say only a point behind Tottenham still only six off the league leaders which at this stage of the season isn't irreversible I don't think Arsenal will have quality to challenge for the very top of the league but they've got every chance still of making that top four you'd say based on the current evidence they seem to be well I said they're level on points with Chelsea they're one ahead of Liverpool one behind Tottenham so I think the, the, the problem is though that that's what they're like every season yeah it's almost getting into the top four is, you know, their big kind of win. Um, Not much sense of progress. Yeah, and I think that's that's what will annoy the fans, I think. Um, you know, they've, they've been very unhappy. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them are quite unhappy, aren't they? And they, they want to see some sort of change. And I think if they see that when you look at this season so far from Arsenal, it's largely just the same as always. They take a hide in then go on a big run and at some point they'll take another hide in yeah. uh, and they'll start dropping points in it, and then they'll go on another run. Um, so it must be quite frustrating for, for mm-hmm. Arsenal fans. Um, no, it does seem they have to take a beating every once in a while to yeah. motivate them again, which you know yeah. you, you feel... They, we talk about the money they're on, of course, uh, and you imagine the, the expectations they're going to have for themselves as top athletes. But I, th- I think they have a lot of those kind of players, though, that, mm-hmm, that, that yeah. only... As we've spoken about Ozil so many times, that you know, doesn't he, get enough sometimes. Yeah, you know, when when Arsenal are playing well and when they're winning, he looks yeah. magnificent. But when they're struggling, he may as well just he, he may as well be at home. Speaking of which, there's been some odd rumours that he could be going to United in January. The I mean, I I didn't think he'd be the sort of player that uh, Mourinho would want. He's not what you consider a typical Mourinho player, but that has been a rumour floating around. Well, his contract, it's a strange one, his that. contract is up at the end of yeah. the season. So they you could cash in on mid-season. You think they might be tempted to cash in on him. I don't really see where he'd fit into that United no. side. I mean, he's a very similar player to the way he plays in Juan Mata. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Juan, Juan Mata's had yeah. a really good season so far, and for, he certainly got a lot more of a work ethic than Mazzarro's. I don't well, think... He he didn't, and that's why Mourinho let him leave Chelsea because he didn't feel his defensive side was, was good enough. But it's obviously improved. And, and it's better than Ozil's. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, for me, I don't really see what he gives would give no. United beyond what they've already got. So, although if they could pick him up on the cheap, if he is out of contract in the summer, if they could be, I don't know, get him tw- yeah, twenty million, him 20 million yeah. or something, you'd say probably, probably but, all right. But. It's, only, it's just going to be a fringe player, really. It's just yeah, going to when when Mata or Mkhitaryan's uh, injured, Ozil might get a look in. Otherwise, I wouldn't see how he would fit in. But I mean, if uh, if United come with the trophy this season and Arsenal don't, if he goes and gets himself a part. of part of that team perhaps um, well, maybe, yeah. he might be content well, to be peripheral you'd attracting for Ozil more than you'd see it for United mm. would be sort of yeah yeah. okay but for Brighton then at uh, 
the other end of the table. I mean, it's seven points in seven games again. Not, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, not. It's not it's, it's yeah, like for it, for a promoted side, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, they're yeah. out. They're out of the bottom three. Mm-hmm. Uh, say Arsenal have come very good beating those lower sides now. They won't have expected to go to Arsenal and not be beaten. Obviously, no side goes out in the pitch. Resi- I would hope resigned to being beaten, but I don't think anyone's going to be overly. You fear not, Crystal Palace, mate. <laughs> there won't be too many tears if. No, Brighton I think are beaten by Arsenal. So I think Chris Hewton's pretty happy with with uh, what he's seen so far. Yeah, you'd expect him to be. Yeah, and uh, what, seven points from seven games. Do you say? Yeah, yeah I mean, probably enough it, to stay up if they would average that over the course. of Yeah, the season. if if they average that, and mm-hmm. if they had thirty eight points at the end of the season, they would probably very really go down with that. Yeah. Mm. I think forty is the the kind of most general benchmark that yeah, they all aim for, but, but usually it's a bit lower than that in the end. Yeah, thirty seven, thirty eight, sort of. The, could well, be enough. I think the lowest someone had instead it was about 34 or 35, wasn't yeah, it? I think you're right, yeah. yeah. And I think there was only one time a team was relegated with more than... I think it was might have been a West Ham team relegated with 40-something points, but I think right, that was it's, the It's a rarity. It is it? very, very rare, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't see them finishing the, the, the season with under 20 points. Or no, no, I think like uh, they should have a bit more ability Brighton. than that. Brighton. Yeah. Well, there's no way <laughs> they think they're going to... No, I think they're, no. they're, they're, they're going okay. like that. Okay, so uh, looking at Everton then, I mean, that's maybe a result that really puts Dreadful. a lot... Yeah, I mean, that, that's... like We talked about the pressure on Coleman, that really has... We'll get around to Preston Burnley because that's another great away win for them. Mm-hmm. But I think we've said this for about the past four or five weeks in a row. Such slow pedestrian play from Everton, just no pace... You wonder, uh, Ashley Williams over the course of the summer... Seems He's forgotten to, how to defend. Yeah, seems to have done like much like what Branislav Ivanovic did a mm-hmm. couple of years ago at Chelsea. Gone from being a really good player one season to really, really poor and error prone the next. Uh, we, we we talked about um, back at the start of the season, I think we mentioned even last week as well, that on paper that looked like quite a good defence, especially when um, Seamus Coleman comes back. Oh into, yeah, you know, definitely on and paper. I, it and is. I think Pickford is a good keeper as well. So I mean, how, how can I be going this badly wrong? How well they defend against Man City, you were saying, at mm-hmm. that season, like, yeah, they, they were... Look pretty decent, Yeah, well-organised, sort of, all how, they looked before and more. How, how can it be going this wrong for them? I, I'm really not sure how, <laughs> like, defensively... It you're doesn't talk, really make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, but uh, like I think players you, too you can good see where, where the general problem for the team is in terms of, definitely, there's not enough pace, and that causes a lot mm-hmm. of problems. The defensive errors, that's altogether more puzzling because you're looking at players who well, we, they look like we good thought players. were good players probably still are good players but they're not playing well so. mm-hmm. and if, if you look at uh, wherever now as well they're in the same sort of boat as Brighton and West Ham they're on 7 from 7 I mean that's not at all where Everton were hoping to be with the money no, they'd spent. I mean, they'd have hoped to be up in that sort of bracket and the team's sort of on 12, 13 points at this stage. Maybe not with their fixtures they've had in mm-hmm. fairness but they've well, at least yeah. hoped to be sort of mid-table and like games like you can understand it, that they lost to the likes of Chelsea and United. Maybe not as certainly the Chelsea and the Tottenham game. They won't have they won't have been happy with how they played in those games because they were dreadful. But they won't have expected at the start of the season. They looked at that Burnley at home. They'd have thought that's a nailed on three points. And obviously Burnley have played better away from them than anyone expected this season. But it's still not acceptable for Everton. But for Ronald Koeman, uh, with the fans having talked for so long about wanting that spending spree, you know, finally getting the spends closer to the money that their sort of rivals in that area will be spending. Now that they finally got that, even if, if that came at the expense of Lukaku, they, they did spend quite a lot of money in general anyway. Is that going to put more pressure now on Coleman than ever, the fact that they, they got that spending spree? Oh, it doesn't seem to have worked. Well, you, 
just throwing money at any old player doesn't yeah. work. I mean, look at AVB when he was at Tottenham. He signed loads of players, and that didn't work for him at all, did it? I mean, uh, who was uh, Soldano? Was it Soldano? They, yeah. yeah, they brought him in and like, he. Paulinho. They, they got. I know he's improved a bit, but obviously yeah. he's been injured for a good while. But they they, they signed loads of players, and it, and it didn't really work for them there. And it, it doesn't always work. And I, I think you, I think the problem is some of the signs you'd have looked at and said, yeah, that's a really good signing. Like obviously we talked about Pickford and Kane being looked like really good signings. Uh, a lot of the, the likes of Rooney, I'm not sure. How much he's obviously he scored a couple of goals early on, but it was just a big nostalgia trip. I, I think it was really to be honest. Uh, then Gilfie Sigerson, a very good player, but he plays the same position really as you'd expect Rooney yeah. to play. And then Davy Klassen as well, he yeah, plays the same position. position well. Like I think really they needed to sign a striker in the mould of Lukaku. Yeah. Like they're not going to get maybe a player of quite Lukaku's ability because players that ability want to play Champions League, but they needed to go and sign somebody in that sort of mould to and fill they, that void. Yeah, and they and they didn't. I think they just bought too many midfielders. I mean, we yeah. said last week that the the makeup of their squad is very similar to Van Gaal's United team yeah. when they just had so many midfielders. And you feel he's, he's still figuring out his best system, his best eleven. He doesn't really seem sure of that at all yet. Yeah, he has been backed by the um, the board though, and Which not that necessarily that, mean yeah. anything. No, no, it doesn't. Been the kiss of death for a few months. Yeah, it? it wasn't like the vote of confidence or whatever. But yeah. the, the he does still retain the backing, so. It, I wouldn't expect to see him lose his job during this international break. No, I'd, I'd hope not. I mean, I'm personally somebody who thinks that they're, they're getting a lot too trigger happy with the, oh, the yeah, second yeah, manager. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to see as many managers see out their contracts or at least their initial contracts as they can. But then, you know, you've got Ancelotti's available, isn't he? So a lot. Of, some teams well, might be thinking, yeah, well, yeah, maybe, maybe if we get rid of this guy, we've got this guy lined mm-hmm. up. No. Um, do we think it's a, a good time... For for, for Coleman to have the international break. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We, we talked about West Ham, me, Bilic came back from that, had a bit more time to think about his options, just didn't face any more pressure from games for a week or so. Is that the same for Coleman? He's thinking just uh, I think for get any, the games out of my hair for a while. When your team's playing well, you don't want the, yeah. you don't want that momentum broken and when your team's playing badly, the opposite holds true. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then it's not going to change the fact that they don't have any pace in the team. No, they're not going to come back so the, quicker. So. Yeah, they're, they're still going to play pedestrian football, as as you mentioned. So I don't know if it'll make too much difference for them. Okay. Up quick. So from Burnley's point of view then, I mean, we're talking about the away form being uh, such a, a reverse of last season, being a lot better in the home form, even though last season, you know, that was, I mean, it was the other way around in every single way. Um, that's another very impressive away win. Everyone haven't been good this season. We have talked about that plenty, but you know it's they they still know what that means to go to to go to St Park and take a win there. It's a very good result. I mean, Sean Dyche's been tipped for. I mean, I think did did uh, Ian Wright tip him to be the next Arsenal manager after Arsene Wenger? Uh, well, he did say like I don't think he will be. I don't think they'll go for about that one. Yeah, but, it's, a, it's uh, a big step. But I mean. Certainly, I think he's yeah. done enough to probably get himself a bigger job, which would be fair enough. Although he's done such a great job with Burnley, it'd be a Absolutely. bit of a shame to see him go, I suppose. But no, I uh, think I mean it's it's a great story. He was there. Burnley took him up, went down again, but no one seemed to really lose faith in him. I think everyone very much respected. It was a challenge, maybe beyond what he was given to work with, and he was given a, that second chance to take him back up again. And it, it's it's been all good from there. It's only been getting better. I think if they if they continue to progress, there'll be no reason for him to leave. 
Um, yeah, I suppose so. Because, but um, um, depends if, if a bigger club. Obviously, yeah, Burnley takes a have a ceiling. I mean, like yeah. Burnley are obviously say hard to say they'll never win the league after well, Leicester. Leicester you know. But uh, you wouldn't expect Burnley to ever be higher than maybe a mid-table club uh, unless obviously big investment mm-hmm. came in. So if an opportunity to manage a club that could challenge for the top four, or if an opportunity came along to maybe manage the England team or something like that, it, it depends who takes would, the gamble at the end yeah. of the day. Now, if if a club maybe a little bigger than Burnley came along, I mean Sean Dyche might not really see any reason to leave right now. But if someone maybe a bit bigger again, you know, someone maybe sitting sixth or seventh getting Europa League football or something like that. Everton. Uh, well, who, who knows, you know, if, if they put in the bids and uh, they were able to offer them playing against European sides regularly, that might be harder to turn down, but it depends if someone is willing to take that risk. So depends on how much he believes in the Burnley project, though, doesn't mm-hmm. it? You know, uh, I, I think he would be a little bit more difficult to prize out of Burnley than some managers would be their he, jobs. He does seem quite invested, I think, in, I, I in, think in the club. I think he is, yeah. yeah. Um, what we should say as well is um, a brilliant goal mm-hmm. yeah, uh, as well. I mean, everyone associates Burnley with just hoofing it up mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Was Hendrick, but, wasn't he? He got that, yeah, that great goal last season. Yeah. So he has, has it was, like that just so many passes. I mean, it was yeah. a real, like, it was a proper football goal, if you mm-hmm. like, and Burnley don't get credit for playing that kind of stuff. And obviously they defended really well as well. Yeah, yeah. Them doing, so. Yeah. Uh, no, certainly, I mean, I think... Um, Dyke's been doing so well with, with Burnley this season. It's not really what I think many of us expected. Uh, I think we may be a bit fearful it's that that home form might not be able to sustain them. But no, they've been very, very good and they haven't need the home form as much because the away form has improved that much. The, the battle for them will be getting that balance. So Yeah, um, they're able to do it every week. But Yeah, if if they can improve the, the home form and mm-hmm. you know not necessarily win every week away, but, you know, if they can get a few draws, I think they've just been a bit more daring away. I mean, yeah, uh, last yeah, season maybe. I think they were, you know, very content to take the point. And when you're content to take the point, it's very easy to not get anything at but all. You know, if, I think if your that comes. Undone. I think that comes from staying up last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they get more money, you know, TV rights and yada yada. They get more money to reinvest in players mm-hmm. and stuff, and uh, that's what I mean. You know, if they if they continue to stay up and progress, you know, maybe rise up the league position by position for a few years, you know, they're going to get more money coming in. They're going to be able to invest in better players and, you know, they mm-hmm. they should be able to progress. Yeah, I mean, like last season, they looked quite content to draw a lot of those games and when, when you go out to a game, maybe expecting a draw quite a lot, it's very easy to be undone and then maybe come away with nothing at all. But I think they're, they're going places now and it, at least uh, giving and having to beat them if, if not even be expecting to go away to certain sides and beat them now. Uh, to be honest, I think anyone uh, at the minute would have been looking at going to Goodison Park and thinking, Maybe. Yeah, we could probably get <laughs> yeah, a win it's here. It's, uh, it hasn't been the fortress this season. Uh, but okay, looking to Liverpool and Newcastle. I mean, that was we talked about uh, yeah, a bit of a homecoming for Liverpool. Liverpool. I go go and see Rafa again, but no, I mean for Liverpool it was same old, same old. I mean had so much of the possession, had a lot of the ball in in the final third as well, but just couldn't put the ball in the net. Yeah, no. I, th- I think Henderson kind of summed it up, didn't he, in his post match uh, interview, saying that. Again, they've they've played really well and come away with with nothing. Re- well, I know they got a point, but you know they're just really frustrated that yeah. they're, they're playing so well and, and understandably yeah, so. If they yeah. clopped into the bit, he started with Sturridge mm-hmm. probably for that reason. They got to be yeah. a bit more. And Sturridge, it was kind of a mixed game because actually his work rate off the ball was a bit better than that. What I was used to saying. I mean, Sturridge often would be when he doesn't have the ball a bit lazy sometimes, and he was maybe a bit better. I'd say getting himself onto the ball, trying to actually win the ball back even in the final third, but. Didn't 
but they didn't score, so that wasn't what yeah, he said. Well, to well do. he's got something yeah. to prove at yeah. the minute, Sturge. Everyone knows that he's got ability, but he's got something to prove that he's an asset to the team he deserves to be starting. Whether well, he, we talked about whether he still wants to play for Liverpool, whether or not he wants to play for Liverpool, he has to be putting in performances yeah. if he wants to get himself a move, or if he wants to start for Liverpool, he needs to put in performances to do that. So. In the midst of this uh, lack of taking chances, which I mean, right now Liverpool are, are creating plenty of chances, but just not scoring them. I think we've got to turn attention to Danny Ings. He's been so, so patient, and he's still there, and he's done everything to get himself back in shape. Yeah, but he's not even making... Yeah. You'd question... I'm not sure what his fitness is like, but he's not even making the... Not mm-hmm. even making the bench. I mean, and you'd say again... I, I think he's worth a go when he gets fit. I mean, if, if he can get himself uh, to the level of fitness, and if he's gone himself this far, I, I think he's got there's every chance he can get himself back. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see him go either on not maybe a transfer maybe on loan in January I'd, I'd really like to see him giving a go like I mean how far down the uh, list of strikers would he be though at the minute uh, he'd probably be vying yeah. Solanke probably mm-hmm. yeah, well uh, we'll have to see how he reintegrates into the side Riggi went out on loan again yeah yeah, uh, yeah maybe, maybe um, he'll have to do that well I haven't been so patient though and he's, you know, he's still quite a young player well, not not he's like a kid. Yeah, now. he's not like a kid, but he's he's still not you know by any means past his best. He's still got plenty of years. You'd feel of playing football. Yeah, but he can't him. afford to be sitting around on the bench. No, no. Like but I think having done so much to get himself back after you know two really unfortunate and really troublesome injuries, you know, like a ACL injury can be. I think he's he's got to be given a, a bit of a chance to prove himself after all that. It was good to see uh, Shelby have a decent game. I mean, maybe not yeah. for you. But yeah, no, I was fan, a little surprised to see him start. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, discussed I, that I, last I, week, I didn't, didn't we? Yeah, wasn't yeah. Rafa, we'd trust him not mm-hmm. to get himself sent Temper off. Temper could boil like, over on that one, you know. But no, he, he kept his head well. Like he yeah, didn't, he, he didn't really do anything stupid. He had a he had a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Um, um, yeah, he got himself about the pitch. Was was involved in quite a lot of stuff. So that's that's good to see. I mean, for for Newcastle, has been part of that very varied start. I mean, there's been a bit of everything, and there's been. Good games, bad games, wins, draws, and losses of, of all different varieties. Uh, is that maybe one thing that they can be concerned about? Is a lack of consistency. I mean, the, the <laughs> that's Newcastle all yeah. over, though. They, yeah. They've always it has been, been that as way. long as anyone can remember. Yeah, so. they've always been that way. So I, I don't think that'll change. But I, there, there is talk of um, uh, some investment been made at the club. Isn't there a potential new owner? Well, I mean, how many fans have been dreaming of that day for a long, yeah. long time? Yeah, um, I, I don't know if you noticed it during. During the game, they they focused on, um, I forget the woman's name, but she's a businesswoman, um, and she's looking at potentially taking over one of three clubs in mm-hmm. the league, and Newcastle being one of them. Um, so that that, I mean that that'd be a good thing for for Newcastle, I think, because they've wanted to get rid of Mike Ashley for a long, yeah, long yeah. time, haven't they? Uh, for Liverpool, I mean, it's it's not been a good enough start. You know, it's I mean seventh in the table. It's not good at all really for, for where they want to be and I mean after finishing the top four last season of course I think uh, the minimum expectation would be to to finish around that again uh, to re-establish that Champions League football being uh, a yearly thing not just one year in one, one year out you know uh, 12 points from 7 games it's really not quite good enough it's uh, I mean it's not horrendous it's not unsalvageable at this stage but it's uh, consider what it could have been. Yeah, that it really they should be doing a no, lot I mean, better. For for how many chances they have created games, they could have you know really not even just won, but quite comfortably won them in that. Uh, yeah, even going back to the f- first game of the season against mm-hmm. Watford, I mean they should have closed that out mm-hmm. really. 
I mean, the game against Burnley, again, so many shots, but then how many actual shots that threatens, troubled the keeper, you know, forced difficult saves, not nearly enough. I think that is a big problem for Liverpool is if, if they don't start and get a goal quite early, they get quite desperate and they start shooting from all angles and all distances and just trying to put the ball in the net in any way possible. And if it weren't for that uh, goal from Coutinho, which you're not going to get one of those kind of wonder strikes every week, you know, even from someone like Coutinho, if it hadn't been for that, Liverpool have had no goals in that game because they really didn't look like taking any of those chances, which wasn't good enough. Um, do we think Klopp's job is under pressure? Pressure? I mean, I don't think he'll be sacked in anything resembling the immediate future. I'd be surprised if he didn't make it to the end of the season unless things were to get worse. But come the end of the season, if it's trophyless, no top four, then there probably would be some pressure on you. So if you look at the international games, then look at the home nations. Uh, England's are home to Slovenia. We talked about Harry Kane is going to be wearing the armband for that game. I mean, England, you'd, you'd like to think at home to Slovenia could, could take three points there. So that shouldn't be with the squad they have. But It'll, it'll be what it usually is, a really laboured... Key affair. Yeah, yeah. and they'll, they'll probably get a 2-0. You'd hope yeah. for England's... Like they only drew away in Slovenia, mm-hmm. and to be honest, they were lucky to get the draws. So. Well, they've won four of the last five. Um, yeah, it's it's not a particularly difficult group. I don't think anyone was really thinking England wouldn't get yeah. out of it. But uh, I mean, they're, yeah, they're five I, points get the top. I expect England to win. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably go, go three in England. And uh, were they Lithuania away on Sunday? On the Sunday, that's their final game. I mean, again, that would be another. It'd be another laboured kind of. Yeah, probably yeah. a couple of late goals and make a scoreline better than the game. Yeah. Time. Who, who was it they were playing recently? And they Was it the Faroe Islands? And they really struggled to break oh, them down. Then they, they scored maybe three. Malta. Malta, Malta, Malta that yeah. was it, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're pretty well convinced that England have the, the players to go and beat Slovenia. But, I mean, it's a, it's not a Gareth Southgate side that we believe in, particularly at this stage. No, they're, they're mm-hmm. not going to go and it's not going to be a performance to be proud of, I wouldn't have thought of. You know, it's not going to be one of them, Mike, did you see the game last night? It was amazing. It's not going to be anything like that. It's just going to be laboured. Northern Ireland then uh, hosts Germany. I mean, the the current world champions, uh, it's probably not a game that's going to impact the group too much. But even if Northern Ireland pulled out all the stops and and won, it would still be in Germany's hands to win the group. Yeah, And Northern Ireland are guaranteed seconds. Guaranteed second, almost certainly Mm -hmm. guaranteed I suppose the incentive for Northern Ireland is uh, respectable results in these yeah. two games could make them a seeded mm-hmm. team, which would mean they wouldn't get the likes of Portugal or Italy come uh, the playoffs. But could we see them play their hair down a bit more, you know, uh, since this game doesn't have all that much weight to carry? I mean, might the Gordons have, have a bit of fun? Like we saw against um, against Poland at the, the Euros, they were maybe... They were a bit shell-shocked. Yeah, couldn't quite believe themselves they are playing on this kind of a stage, but then when it came that to Ukraine... Bit, that was a know, first for them. The players are all a bit mm-hmm. u- more used to that yeah. sort of thing now. Uh, then against Ukraine, they, they let their hair down, play a bit more, and, and we saw a yeah. better game as a result. But I yeah, um, would expect, like even against teams you might consider lesser teams, Northern Ireland tend to let the opposition have the majority of the possession and play on the counter. I expect that certainly be I wouldn't be surprised to see Germany having certainly 70 plus percent possession uh, Northern Ireland obviously are I think they might have the best defensive record in the whole qualifying they're really hard very, very good, to break yeah. down very good record I mean the only the goals bar. they've conceded in qualifying I'm pretty sure are to Germany like, yeah, who, who are the current yeah. world champions? So, I mean if those are the only ones you can say I, that's not that's not too bad at all obviously they are Germany the world mm-hmm. champions I think 
if I had to call it, I would say 1-0 to Germany. But I, yeah. would, I would never say, I don't say I mean, with any con- you never back anyone with confidence at Northern Ireland, against I mean, Northern Ireland Spain came these to, days. Like, so. When Spain came to Windsor Park, they conceded three. It was a David Healy hat-trick, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, but I'm talking about these days, it's a really difficult place to come. It is, yeah. Defensively to break them down. No, I mean you've got to. I mean admire what they've done. I mean that wasn't even the easiest group. I mean the Czech Republic on a bad side. Uh, okay, Scotland at home to Slovakia. Like that's that's really tight for that second place. I mean there's only one point in it for three teams: Slovakia, Slovenia, and Scotland. All really, really close. Only one point. But um, yeah, it's a cup final game, isn't it? Really, for Scotland to have won the last two, it's been a bit, you know, a bit more of a resurgence out of them after it looked to be slipping away um slovakia probably at least on paper would be the favorites yeah uh, they have won four of the last five um so scotland at home uh, what do you think could be tricky enough for, for slovakia the reason yeah, it'd be, it'd be tricky enough be scotland yeah. uh, i'm gonna go for 2-1 slovakia 2-1 two, two sounds about right doesn't mm. it uh um, I, Scotland do have their moments, though, don't yeah. they? I, I, I could see Scotland maybe maybe taking that. Actually, you know? is, is that is it tonight? It is. Yet yeah, that's uh, yeah. quarter of eight. Mm. Okay. Um, I mean, I think we're a bit more divided on that one. I think uh, Scotland might be. I think it's a tough one yeah, to call that. It might be yeah. up for that. Like, you know, yeah. Depends on the atmosphere. I think there. after being the only home nation to miss the last tournament, there might be you know especially some sort of point to prove. Yeah, there, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think. Um, and they're quite unlucky because I mean they're doing quite well. There was a, an awful result to Georgia or something like that. That they yeah. lost to Georgia or drew with Georgia, or, and that that really set them back when you know they really should have been winning that one comfortably. Like everybody else had been. Okay, so the big game for Wales on the Republic of Ireland will obviously be against each other. I mean they've got those first games they overcome first, and that will obviously make an impact. But yeah, depending on results, uh, like it could well be the game that decides who goes into the playoffs and who doesn't. If it was in Dublin, especially with no bail, I would be inclined to fancy the Republic. That being in Wales, I'd just give them probably the slight edge, and the the Republics haven't haven't been in great form recently. So. The Republic can be quite a, I mean, for one of a better term, a jammy side, like you know, a side that maybe even when they're not playing very well, can sort of sneak that, you know, that sort of goal just to, to change things. I mean, we saw uh, in, in the Euros there, they were all but going out and got that goal against Italy. I think it was, you know, yeah. and it was a really good header, but. Well, they're playing Moldova in Dublin as their first game, which you'd expect that they'll probably take that win. Right, that'll yeah. give them a bit of a boost to be going in off the back of a win. Yeah, I think if they get a few goals there, they'll be be happy enough. Um, Wales without Bale is... away in Georgia. See, like that's not a gi- that's not a given that they'll no, it's they'll not. win that. No, it's so. not, especially without Bale. You see, yeah. that's I know they do have other players, but it, sometimes you you wouldn't think it. <laughs> because it seems to be Bale doing everything for them. I mean, there's been times where it looks like he's heading his own crosses in the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that concludes this week's episode. Uh, tune back in next week for another kick in the balls.